Can't pray after that. That is prayer alone. It is amazing. So, oh, I should have turned the lights back on. I, I don't know how old you are, how long you've been in the church, but uh, for a lot of years, uh, I've gone to church with some older folks, and some older folks will tell you that they like to steal away and pray. They'll go find their prayer closet, their prayer corner, their whatever, and I don't know that I know exactly what that means to go hide somewhere in the darkness and pray, whatever, but I, I like to call something like this, that's what I do. Um, I'm 41, I'm, I'm, I'm able to steal away and pray, uh, I'm able to get into my own mind and have my own conversation, uh, but yes, I, some of y'all might not be down with the 10-minute Bethel song, and sometimes they get repetitive, but if that's just you and God in a room, in your car, in your truck, and whatever, in the bathroom to try to get away from the kids. It doesn't matter. Just getting that alone time for a minute and having that conversation. I don't really know what to preach on top of what has already been said and done. And if your intention and your mindset was straight between you and God and that conversation, man, you've already done a lot of business this morning. Amen? Thank you. But there is, Phil Schaefer's not here this morning, so one of y'all has got to at least pick up that corner. So if I point at you, I just need, amen, just goes right there. But I, I have to tell you that there's a handful of versions of this song, and I don't listen to the radio much. I listen to Spotify, everything. So I had heard this song a couple of times. I'm like, man, that's amazing. Then I find out it's a radio thing. This one came on one day that I was driving in the car, and Natalie Grant sings in the middle of that, and she stops, and she says something. And it's not uncommon that you hear something quickly and subconsciously that you're like, oh, that's cool. That feels good in the moment. That sounds good. But when what she said stopped me in my tracks. I had to go back for a minute because I said, that can't be true. But she said it on a live recording, so it's got to be somewhat true. And if you recall back what she said in the middle, she said, a few years ago, there was a neuroscience study done. Neuroscience, well above my head. Maybe some of y'all's, all is good. But a neuroscience study, which is a study legitimately into the brain, that gratitude and anxiety can't exist at the same time. And I said, oh, that, that feels good. That's great to say in that worship moment. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. But I said, Man, you know, and I've been stuck on it for two weeks. Um, Luke asked me a handful of weeks ago to preach, and I love the opportunity, uh, the challenge, and the joy of waiting till the last minute for God to give me really what he wants me to preach about. But I have been stuck in this spot because the legitimacy is I had to go search for that because I, I, I said I had thoughts and, and desires and things that I believe that I've read over the past couple weeks that I feel like I was more prepared to speak about because I preached to the kids every week. So I've got all kinds of stuff going on, but I can't get past the thought of this. And the reality of that. So I started doing a study trying to find it, and, and, and she's not kidding. She's not wrong. It's all over the place. You can Google search it on the Internet so you don't have to take my word. But there is an official neuroscience study done that if your brain has gratitude in it, anxiety can't exist. One would think that's super easy, right? Like the two things literally just can't be in there. So I said, Lord, I'm down with that, and I'm down with that study, but I can't preach a study. I've got to preach your word, right? And again, he giggles, and we wait till Saturday-ish, and, and, and I've got word to go along with it. But, I, you know, it easily sounds like, oh, well, if I've got anxiety, I just need gratitude. How easy is that? It's, it's probably not as easy as it sounds, Amen. Thank you, Phils. Thank you, Phils. So I started looking, and I said, "Well, Lord, um, you know, I'm going to need I'm going to need some word 
that goes along with that because obviously you're not going to let me get rid of it. So we're preaching something having to do with anxiety and gratitude. Uh, if you know me well enough, gratitude's not really my jam. Uh, I, my wife will tell you that a- apathy and empathy, and I'm working on it, and gratitude, I-, I love it. It just doesn't come easily, and you got to learn to develop it. So I said, well, Lord, if you're going to give me scripture to talk about anxiety, can you make it something that we know about? And uh, so I'm going to start, and, and I'm going to end. And by the looks of the time, I'm going to do you like I do my teenagers. Give me 15 minutes, I'm going to fly a plane, I'm going to land a plane, and we're going to be good, right? Amen? That's not the spot. Everyone else is fine. That was not it. All right, go to Philippians 4. So if I want to talk about anxiety and fear and things like that, I'm, I'm diving into the Apostle Paul because there is content for days in here in this section who I even have two pages of notes. We all know that it goes downhill when that's happening. There is so much goodness in this 66-book love letter to help us get along. So I'm going to start in, uh, let's say I'm going to start in What did I say? Philippians 4. Oh, I would unflip the page on I me. Mean, I looked down and it's not where I started. Philippians 4. I'm going to start in verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. And then I said, wait a minute. If I'm going to talk about being anxious, everybody, probably even down to the children, have heard a time or two. It says, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'm going to keep reading because the whole chapter is good. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What... What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Start listening intently here. It says, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I'm going to stop there for a minute, and I'm I'm probably going to end back at that. But So that was my first and favorite passage to get me into anxiety, because it's easy. The Bible says, don't be anxious about anything. Right? So that's, that's easy, but you have to start thinking about, you know, where does anxiety stir up from? And anxiety stirs up from pain and problems and trials and all those other things that happen in your daily life. I, I'm thankful that we are here on a Sunday morning, all with our church face on, all happy, all, you know, glad to be here. But I can promise you, if we were to poll the room uh, without raising your hand, uh, some of you had a bad week. Some of you had things that went on during the week that crap. I, I don't know if you say that from here, but I mean, some of you had things that went on during the week that were, what would you say? That's a no? That's a hard no? Okay, my bad. Uh, so, <laughs> I heard something, I looked and like, I didn't say anything. Uh, you know, but look, I don't know how to explain it. Some of you had a Tuesday that from beginning to end, you got to the end of the day and you're like, Lord, thank you for it being done. I'm done with it. 
I'm done with it. Whether it was a spiritual trial, whether it's something happening in life, a season in life, and, and you're stuck in it, and you're like, I don't want to do that again. I'm going to hard pass 10 out of 10. Don't recommend. I want tomorrow to be better. If, if I'm wrong in that, you, you can say amen right there. But I believe that the vast majority of you live like the rest of us. And it ain't always roses. And the, the beauty is there's nothing in here that tells you once you get saved that life's going to be roses. Amen? amen? That's definitely where that goes. But for sure. So, so we, we get to be here. We get to be in this notion this morning that we are happy and, and that nothing happened. But we want to be filled back up with things to help us combat it. So if we're looking at... We're looking at anxiety, and, and it's easy because Paul says right here, he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, prayer, supplication, which is like specific and individualized prayer of that thing with thanksgiving, that's epic. So, but I, I want to call it pain. I, I want to call it that, that we have to understand that in those trials and times and those things that we don't want to be in the middle of, that we can come out of them stronger. Amen. So, and that's, that's not easy because we don't like things. We like things that are easy. I don't know if you know me well enough, but if there's an easy way to take it, I'm driving that way. Like, that's my jam. If, if, there's, a, if there's a way, some would call it a little lazy, some would call it the easy road, but if, there's, if I don't have to go through a trial to get to the other side of the thing, that's, that's the way I want to go, right? But guess what? We all determine that that doesn't happen. That's not real life, and, and that's a fairy tale, right? That's, that's straight PBS. Like, that is not happening. It's going down. If y'all got that, that was my bad. Thank you for that chuckle over there. But so I, I started saying, well, Lord, I, I, I like that passage, but we, we have to really dive into, Paul says it's easy to don't be anxious over anything. That feels easy to say, right? I can say that. I'll say it again. Don't be anxious over anything. And he gives you instructions on how to not. But how do we deal with in the moment? How do we deal with, Lord, why are you making me do this? Why, is this? why is this happening? Why is this pain? And so I spent the last couple of days really documenting pain and that pain is not the end of the world biblically, right? That, that there, are, there are reasons that God allows us to go through pain. Y'all agree with me there? <clears throat> okay, I, I don't want to get too far in left field because I, I think that that song alone, gratitude, preaches far greater than I can this morning if you embody that in your heart. I don't know what else to say, but I throw up my hands and I praise you again and again because all that I have is a hallelujah. The, the bridge gets into, oh, oh, you know, don't get shy on me. You've got a lion inside of your lungs. It's there. You're going through a thing, but, but it's there. Holler for a minute because it, it, you, you can get that out. And, but you have to learn to endure that pain. And, and my favorite, uh, it's a visual thing for me. Uh, I'm going to flip over to Romans Nice. I'm going to flip over to Romans 5, 3. And, and, and again, I'm going to go back to, I am a visual looker. Um, and when I read something, I see it. And I see this in a big circle, right? So I, I see, I want you to see this with me in a big circle going round and round. But Romans 5, 3, you've heard it a million times. It says, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And if I had a big whiteboard right now, I would have drawn that big and around because we know that, oh, I can't see when I put those down to you. We know that as we go through trials and we learn and we get back to the end of them, they're going to start again, right? But there is hope. The last thing that it says is we start that we are to rejoice in our sufferings. Nobody wants to rejoice in suffering. Somebody say amen to that, right? Because so already it's hard to get started on this chainsaw. But this thing says if we rejoice in our suffering, we know that our suffering is going to produce endurance. And that endurance, which is long suffering, and it's not like our marriage, honey. I know that's what you tell me all the time. Long suffering. Like I know that's biblical, but after 20 years... 
like she's got the endurance, and now we have hope. Y'all see what I did there? <laughs> I doubled down. That's points right there. I, I like it. That one just came to me as well. So if we end at hope, but we have a big circle to go again, again the, the Bible still tells us that we are supposed to endure in our suffering. Well, we've already determined that we don't want to do that. Again, 10 out of 10 pass. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go that way. But it's going to happen. So what do we do? We learn, we learn in that pain that there is things that we can learn from it. We can come out of it stronger. We can say, man, maybe God dropped me in there for a season to enjoy that and learn from that, even though we don't like it. I mean, I, I don't have refining fire in here as one of my notes, but, you know, God is a refining fire. He loves to put us into the fire. He loves to draw out that stuff that doesn't need to be inside of us. But I had to think about pain for a minute. So keep with me on this journey. In the next six minutes, I'm going to land this plane, but I'm going to start for a minute. And and if I'm thinking pain and biblical pain, where did it come from? So I'm going to start in Genesis 3. You don't have to turn there because you done heard it a handful of times, but I'm going to read it so I don't do it a disservice. Genesis 3, in roughly 16, it says, I will surely multiply Ply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Sorry, ladies. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. To Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and eaten of the tree which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Curse is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. That's the beginning of <clears throat> Sorry, that's the beginning of pain from a biblical sense. That's where pain started. Now I'm going to turn to Revelation 21 because we have to know, uh, and this is where an amen is going to go right here. We have to know that pain will end at some point, that there is a way out. It started, there is an end, amen? So verse 21 of Revelation says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things that passed away. Somebody say amen. So pain started in Genesis. Pain is leaving in Revelation. And guess what? We're living in the twin. Right, right? So we're chilling right there. So, so if we know that at glory, at the time that we leave this earth, in the book of Revelation, it says that that pain will be gone. So it's only temporary, right? And so I wrote some notes down that I think that I could extrapolate biblically that let us understand that in a season of pain, we have to endure it and thrive in it because if, if we're going to get back to the beginning where Paul said, don't be anxious about anything, um, it said, Oh, where am I? Where am I? Do, do not be anxious about anything, but everything in prayer, supplication, which is prayer for that one individual thing that you're pressurized with at the time. And I love it. It says with Thanksgiving. It's not and or Thanksgiving, but it's always with Thanksgiving. Here's your prayer. Here's your identity. This is the problem, Lord. I don't know what to do with Thanksgiving. That's weird because typically when we go to the ATM of God, we want to just withdraw. We just want to take. We want to take, Lord, take this, take this from me. But everything biblically says you do that, but you do it with Thanksgiving. So I'm, I'm back to, back to uh, the anxiety, gratitude, big circle. Again, I'm, I'm in a lot of places because I have a lot of notes and I don't like them. But the only one cup of coffee, honey. I don't know. You get fired up when you get into this and you start looking. Oh, here, I'll do you this solid. I'll take my watch off. I'll slow down that way. No, none of y'all are like, 
Amen. No, no. All right, so, so let's get back to the beginning of the topic because, again, I'm going to do you like I do my teenagers. I want you to go home and, and, and have one point, and you need to be able to repeat it back to me before the end of the day, right? That's what I asked my kids. I said, listen, I, I could talk for hours, but if you don't leave with something that you didn't come with, we might as well play kickball which we do a good job, by the way. We, we play some awesome kickball. But I want you to leave with something that God told me to tell to you because that's why he makes me do this. That's why he empowers me to do this. That's why he lets me wait until Saturday with no real great plan and says, don't you worry if you've got a little bit of faith, my word is alive and you'll get it out. And they will get something in the season that they are in. But I started writing down things. If, if I'm going to look to go from anxiety to gratitude because I don't think that's easy, I don't think that that's the easiest thing in the world when I'm anxious about something, whether it be paying bills, whether it be a season in my life or whatever. How do I make that all the way back to gratitude? I have to go back to something that Paul said, and, and it's, it's a hard one. But over there, in uh, he says, For I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. That's terrible. Content is hard. Who wants to be content? Raise your hand. Thank you for being honest back there. Who needs to be content? Wow, you only get one or the other. I'm going to let you all vote again. Let me just read what Paul said. For I have learned in whatever situation. Now, let's quantify situation for a minute so you know what you're voting on. In every situation, that's something that's problematic that's happening that's going to either cause gratitude or anxiety. So let's pause there. He says, in whatever situation, I am to be content. Raise your hand if you like to be content. We do? I agree. I mean, it's cool. But is it easy to be content? It's not easy to be content. It's easy to be anxious. It's easy to worry about it and try to control it. So, so here, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to insert in between anxiety and gratitude because like the song said, like the spot that I want to preach this morning on, the spot that dropped me for a minute that said, it sounds so easy for Natalie Grant to say that in my neuroscience, in my mind, I can't physically have anxiety if I've got gratitude. And I can control gratitude, correct? Pretty easy to control gratitude. You just got to think on the right things and look around and see what you're grateful to have. It's not as easy to control anxiety. So let's go to the gratitude first as opposed to the anxiety. But we have to learn that in pain, we can grow out of it. And pain is not, we, we tend to think that pain is something that diminishes. Like, so when we are, we are going through a trial, we think that that pain diminishes us. It, it, uh, it draws from us or excavates us, right? Like we go through pain and it's taking things away from us. And that's not really what it is. But the joy is you, you start going to a pity party when you're in pain. Who, who comes to that party? And not like the husband pity party that I know that you're thinking of, because I'm good at those, don't get me wrong. But when you start having a pity party in spiritual problems, and when you get down in the dumps and you get in that low levels of life, and you start having a pity party, guess who comes? Because your friends don't come. They don't want to hang out with you down there. Guess who comes? The devil comes. And he slides in there, and I'm not going to do it. I almost did, but I was going to be like that wrestler, you know, the a referee. When he comes down in there and he starts slapping the ground, and the devil's right there, he says, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you're out. You're out. That's what he loves to do. And the problem is, is when we are in a trial in life, when we are in that low level, he, he loves to get us there. Because guess what? We ain't, y'all ain't around. Y'all don't want to go down that pity party road. It looks dumb. It looks dumb when I do a pity party. My wife tells me so. And I know it because it's selfish. And I'm good at it, but it's not great. But the devil joins me every time that I'm feeling low in a spiritual journey that I think I am persevering through something. And I'm being pressured. And I'm having a hard time finding 
a way out and I'm having a hard time, you know, express gratitude of a situation because here I am in the corner of that boxing ring. Now, granted, I ain't doing any boxing, but there's the devil yelling 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and I think, you're it. That's it. You're done. You're it. That's the lowest that it can go. Jesus don't want you back. You are done. That's what the devil does, right? And that's what the problem with pain is we like to labor in there, right? We like to, we just like to chill out in that spot. And the downfall is we need to stand back up and go, uh, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. I'm not. I'm not. Because I, I'm going to turn that pain back into gratitude, which is not easy. But you start looking around for all the things that you do have. You start looking for all the things that you know that as you come out of it, I, you know, you start looking at, at the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They got thrown in the fiery furnace, right? Taking a breath. They got thrown into the fiery furnace. And what they say? They said, wait, hold up. Wait a minute. How many people did we throw in the furnace? Yeah, it was that one. Sorry. And, and it wasn't just three, right? How many was there? Four. Guess what? That fourth man didn't come back out when they came out, right? That fourth man's chilling there. And when those guys came out and they didn't smell like smoke, but then there was only three of them, what's that mean? That means that that fiery furnace is still available for you and I to go into, and guess who's there? Sometimes God's going to send you into that fiery furnace. Sometimes he's going to overtly make you go around it, but sometimes he's going to let you just go there. It's time. You're going to learn through it, but guess what? God's already there. He didn't leave during that story and go, oh, Justin, whenever you go back, bro, I'll meet you. No, no, he, I'm there. I'm the, get in it. Get in it because God's going to let you be in there for a minute, and, and he is going to... Be ready when you get there. You know, God's not worried. Hang on, I, I, I can't get this wrong because I was super proud of myself sometimes when I write things down. I'm like, whoo, that'll preach. Like, I do that sometimes. So <laughs> y'all just have to give me a minute. But man, I got a lot of notes that I'm not going to cover today. Oh, God is more concerned with our development than he is with our comfort. I, I'll read that again just for y'all that missed it in the back. I am worried about my comfort. I get up every morning, figure out how little I can do to get through the day and to not be challenged by much of anything. Like that's, that's, those of y'all laughing, I'm going to preach on this side because you know what, these guys are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks like we're getting up on the same side of the bed over there. Uh, y'all, it's fine. But I look for the easiest way to go in the world, but God doesn't care about my comfort. Hang on, what did I say? He is more concerned with my development. Because I know that pain started in Genesis and it's being gone in Revelation. Amen? So I already know that it's going to go away. Yes? So in the midst of it, I don't have to be comfortable because he wants to see me develop. Because if I'm a blood-bought, born-again believer in Jesus Christ, life ain't going to be roses. I'm now not on the devil's team anymore, and I am working against him. He didn't care about me before. He cares about me now. All of his time and effort and all of his minions and all of his people and all of his world, and just look around, turn on the TV, they're everywhere. They are out to get you because you proclaim you believe in Jesus Christ. That's what they like to do. Yes. I did write that sometimes we get in a season and it's not really a season, but God allows it to be a seasoning, just a little piece. They go through some perseverance, go through some pain, learn from it, come out the other side. Like I, I, I grew up, we, how long we've been in church, babe? We were what, 16? 
like, like full-time, you know, devoted to the thing. Before I was a legitimate Christian, before I was actually saved, you know, we were in church. So, so we've been in a hot minute because I'm 41 now. But, you know, it wasn't uncommon for those of you that are over 41. That wasn't not a knock. I'm just saying I've been in it for a minute, right? And, and I've been able to see, you know, times and things change. And, and I've been around the church where, you know, you get into the, the old timers, you know, they start singing uh, God on the Mountain. You, you ever heard that song? You know, life is easy when you're up on the mountain. But things change when you're down in the valley. The God on the mountain is still the God of the valley. I ain't going to sing because I'm out of time, or I, or I would, but it's afternoon. But the, the, the beauty is that same God that we forget to think about when we're up on top, he's at the bottom with us. And he's ready for us to get there. Whether you want to call that your fiery furnace, whether you want to call that your pit, your whatever, he's there. He's chilling. He's ready. You know what? Y'all, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm going to land this plane and I'll do it if you're, if you're playing the piano because I, I got a lot of notes and I don't think that we need to get there. But if you, if you go back to looking at how do I get to, and, and I'm going to change y'all, and I, I, I don't mean to do this out loud, um, but I, I would prefer if you end with not give me faith. And I'll tell you why here. Because I was having my own little moment a minute ago when we got to the bridge and uh, Terry didn't tell me what he was singing, but we got to the bridge of, Lord, I need you. And I, and I think that's the one that we're going to end with here in a minute. But the bridge said, so teach my song to rise to you when temptation comes my way. And when I cannot stand, I fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. So I'll, I would like them to finish here in a minute with, with that song, because if, if I'm going to go from anxiety to gratitude, and I got to figure out how to turn that around in my mind, I've got to learn that to persevere through pain, which means that I've got to settle in that contentment. I've got to look in the word and go, everything in your word says that I've got to learn to be content in the problems of my life because God, you know better than I do. You're better at it than I am because you can already see what I'm coming out of on the other side. And that's the part that we can't control. That's the part that we can't control. So finding that content moment when we get to the end of our rope and go, Lord, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I don't know why I'm in this. I thought I was doing better. And, and you have to think about biblically, everything that it tells us is he's going to put you through those things. So you've got to stop for a minute. And before you can turn it into gratitude, you've got to start and be content. You've got to go, okay, God, I'm in the fiery furnace and I'm hanging out with you. Where are you? And he's there. That's how you get content. That's how you go, all right, Lord, I don't want to be in this situation. I don't want to be. We talked about Tuesday. One of y'all had a bad Tuesday. I don't know who it was. We talked about Tuesday. Let's get into Tuesday and go, Lord, I don't want to be on this Tuesday. I want Wednesday to come, and I don't want to think about it again. What you need to do is get to the end of Tuesday and go, Lord, I don't know why that just happened, but I'm thankful that it's nearing end. I don't know what it looks like on the other side of this. Is it for me? Is it for somebody else? I'm thankful that it's over, but Lord, tell me how to use it for your glory. Tell me how to just go read the Bible. And Paul says, don't be anxious about anything. I got to go into step one. I got to go into prayer. I got to go into supplication. I got to get into deep prayer. Whether that's get a video like this. Yes, it was 12 minutes long. Yes, it was amazing. If you've got to go hide away from everybody else in your life or go sit in your car on the other side of the Dollar General, turn that on and just have a conversation with you and God. That's the prayer and supplication because when you start getting into that, the thanksgiving comes easy. 
when you realize that that trial is fine. You ain't dead yet. Those trials aren't authorized to kill you. God didn't authorize those trials to kill you, but to grow you. Go back and read all of Job. Those trials in your life aren't meant to kill you. They're not authorized. They don't have the power. Yes, they might stink. They might be not fun. They may be one of those things that you just don't want to do. But let's go back to the note that says he cares about my development. He cares about how I get to revelation at the end of time. And I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. So I I want you to stand. I'm just going to land the plane there. So we're going to end with a song, Lord, I need you. And I want that to be your prayer this morning, that every ounce of it is as we leave this building today, that if there's a need that you want to pray about, this altar is always open. But I want you to proclaim, Lord, I need you, nothing else. I confess, bowing.